Shalom, this is Rabbi Ben Newman. I'll be reading today for days 776 and 777 of my daily Zohar reading. Um, this is day 2 and 3 of my reading of the Sifra Ditzniut, a special section of the Zohar. Um, we have slowed down in our um, reading group to a fraction of a page a day because it's a much more difficult material and the language is difficult. Um, so today, um, for these two days of readings, I will be reading um, again page part two of the Zohar, page 176b in Aramaic and English until it says, Umabar Lenukva impregnating the female. And I'm starting where it says, Shita Alfeshnin, 6,000 years. Shita Alfeshnin, Talian Beshita Kadmai, Shvia Alaihu, De It Takaf Bilchodoi, Ve Yit Kharib Kola Bitresal Shate. Six thousand years are suspended from the first six, seventh above them, fortified alone. All will be destroyed in twelve hours, as is written, was waste and empty, thirteen. Sorry, it was waste and empty. Tlesal. Thirteen. Let's look at footnote number 11. 6,000 years alluding to the duration of the universe, which according to rabbinic tradition will exist for this long. See Sanhedrin 97a in the name of Rav Katina. For 6,000 years the world exists, and for 1,000 it lies desolate, as is written, yud heh alone will be exalted on that day. Isaiah 2.11 for Rav Katina, the verse from Isaiah implies that the world will be destroyed and yud heh alone will exist. The phrase on that day means in that millennium, namely the seventh one, based on the notion that a divine day lasts for a thousand years. The proof text for this equation appears in the following lines of the Talmudic passage, which compares the seventh millennium to the sabbatical year of Shemitah, release during which the land is allowed to lie fallow. Quote, it has been taught in accordance with Rav Katina, just as the seventh year releases one year in seven by letting the earth lie fallow, so the world releases one millennium in seven by being fallow and desolate. As is written, Yudhe Vavhe alone will be exalted on that day, and it says, A psalm, a song for the Sabbath day, Psalm 92.1, a day that is totally Sabbath, a period of total rest, ceasing desolation. And it says, for a thousand years in your eyes are like yesterday gone by Psalm 94. Back to the text. Tlesal, Yakim lon belachame, umid chadshan kikadmeta, vekamu kol inonshita, Begin dirtiv bara, 
ולבת הכתיב הייתה דהה הבת ודאי, ולבסוף תוהו ובוהו וחושך, ונשגב אדוני לבדו ביום ההוא. Thirteen, he will raise them in compassion, renewing themselves as before, and all those six will rise, since it is written, created, and afterward is written, was, for it surely was, and in the end, waste and empty with darkness, Yudhevavhe alone will be exalted on that day, Isaiah 2, 11. Footnote number 12, since one divine day of 24 hours is equivalent to a millennium 12 hours, apparently refers to half a millennium, specifically the first half of the seventh millennium during which all existence is destroyed, becoming once again waste and empty. Thirteen, he will raise them in compassion, may mean that in the thirteenth hour, namely at the beginning of the second half of the seventh millennium, God will prepare the renewal of creation. The number thirteen also alludes to the thirteen attributes of compassion, the thirteen enhancements of the divine beard, and thirteen words of the second verse of Genesis, not counting the opening word. Back to the text. Gilufe de Gilufin, Kechezu de Chivia Arich, Umit Pashat Lechan Ulechan, Zanva Beresha, Resha Achora, Ktafin, Abal Vezaim, Natal Veganiz. Had the Elef Yomin, the Irin, Idgalia, Kult. Tra bekitroi, snapira beadvoi, itbal reshe bemain di yama raba, dirtir shibarta rashe taninim alhamaim. Gravings of engraving, like the appearance of a long serpent extending here and there, tail in the head, head behind the shoulders, enraged and furious, guarded and hidden. Footnote 13, a long serpent. The circular serpent represents the divine power that seeks to revert from the harmony of creation to primordial chaos. Every 7,000 years, the world is swallowed up, and once again, God is all that exists. Despite the demonic nature of the serpent, it inheres in the process of emanation, demonstrating that chaos and evil are linked with divine being. Tail in the head alludes to the ancient mythological image of a serpent biting its tail, known as Ouroboros, from the Greek uh, Ouroboros, devouring its tail. Conceivably, head behind the shoulders may refer to the serpent arching itself backward until its mouth meets its tail, although normally the mythic serpent is pictured arching forwards. The image of the Ouroboros appears in ancient Egypt, Babylonia, and the Phoenician world, in Hellenistic magic and astrology, in India, and in Norse myth, it was often depicted as the cosmic ocean surrounding the world, or as the boundary of various dimensions of space and time. The Ouroboros could symbolize the outermost sphere of heaven or the recurrence of planetary revolutions, and it was also the celestial monster controlling solar and lunar eclipses. The Ouroboros appears often in Gnostic texts, and is sometimes identified with the serpent of the Garden of Eden or with Leviathan. In alchemy, it became a 
basic symbol sometimes drawn around the Greek motto hen tupan, uh, all is one, here as in some earlier traditions, based ultimately on the phenomenon of the serpent shedding its skin. The Ouroboros represents an eternal cycle, the unity and renewal of life. According to alchemical texts, the dragon slays itself, weds itself, and impregnates itself. While the Ouroboros figured prominently in alchemy, it also contributed to modern science. In the, 1960, in the 1860s, August Kukule developed the hexagonal ring theory for the molecular structure of benzene, a theory that proved fundamental to organic chemistry. Years later, Kukule described how he discovered the ring shape. I was sitting there in the study working on my textbook, but it was not going well. My thoughts were on other matters. I turned my chair toward the fireplace and sank into half-sleep. The atoms were fluttering before my eyes. My mental eyes, sharpened by repeated visions of this kind, now distinguished larger structures and numerous combinations. Long chains often combined more densely, everything in motion, twisting and turning like snakes. But look, what was that? One of the snakes had seized its own tail, and the figure whirled mockingly before my eyes. In a flash I awoke, and I spent the rest of the night working out the consequences of the hypothesis. Back to the text. Once in a thousand short days, a plowshare is revealed in its smoking nodes, a fin in its share, its head smashed on the waters of the great sea. As is written, you smashed the heads of Tanimim, sea serpents, on the waters. Psalm 74, 13. Once in a thousand short days, footnote number 14, a normal divine day lasts a thousand years. See above note 11, whereas a short divine day apparently lasts one year. Once every thousand years, the serpent rears his head and plowing through the waters threatens to destroy the world, but God smashes its head, and only in the seventh attempt does the serpent succeed. Plowshare renders cultera, apparently borrowed from Rashi's reference to the old French coltre, plowshare, and applied here to the sea serpent's fins plowing through the ocean. Its smoking nodes renders kichoi, literally its smoke or its knots. Smoke fits the image of the fire-breathing dragon, while the image of the fire, uh, while the image, while the meaning knots nodes apparently refers to the two nodes described in medieval astronomy, namely the two points at which the orbit of a planet or the moon crosses the ecliptic. The point through which the heavenly body passes northward through the ecliptic is called the ascending node, while the southward crossing point is the descending node. These two nodes are often called the dragon's head and the dragon's tail. The lunar nodes are the only two places where a solar or lunar eclipse can occur. Havo, Had, Tanin, Tanin, Al, Rashe, Hachaya, Rakia. 
ויאמר אלוהים ויהי אור ויהי אור, סורי, ויאמר אלוהים ויהי אור ויהי, היינו דכתיב כי הוא אמר ויהי הוא בלכודוי ויהי בלכודוי ובתר התחזרו חד יוד ו יוד יוד ו יוד ו יוד יוד בתראה שכינתא לתתא כמה דהי שכינתא אשתכח ובחד מתקלה התקלו There were two, reverting to one, Taninim, sea serpents, Genesis 1.21, spelled deficient, deficiently, heads, as is said, an image above the heads of the living being, a firmament, Ezekiel 1.22. God said, let there be light, Vayahi, and there was light, corresponding to what is written, for he spoke, Vayahi, and it came to be, he alone. Vayahi, and it came to be alone. After they reverted to one, Yud, He, Vav, Yud, Yud, He, Vav, Yud, He, Yud. The final Yud is Shechina, below, just as He is found to be Shechina, and they were balanced on a single scale. Footnote number 16, Let there be light. Emanation unfolds according to the divine command, which is immediately actualized. This is indicated specifically in Genesis, Vayahi, and there was light. And more generally in the verse from Psalms, where he spoke Vayahi and it came to be, both forms of Vayahi, Vayahi, uh, inter, uh, include the three component letters of the name yud he vav namely yud he vav with the addition of a second Yud. The three letters Yud, He, Vav often signify the Sfirot from Keter 3 Yisod according to the following scheme. The initial letter Yud symbolizes the primordial point of Chochmah, while its upper stroke symbolizes Keter. The He, often a feminine marker, symbolizes the Divine Mother Bina. The Vav, numerically eva- numerically value, whose numerical value is 6, symbolizes Tiferet and the five Sfirot surrounding him. Normally, the final Sfirah Shechina is symbolized by the second He in Yud Hevav He, but here instead of the second He, it is the second or final Yud, Yud Hevav Yud, that designates Shechina. This second Yud is equivalent to the more common second He, given that both were balanced on a single scale. V'hachayot ratzov ashov. דכתיב, וירא אלוהים את האור כי טוב, אמרו צדיק כי טוב, היי במטקלה סלקה, קדמאה בלכודוי, וכל הלכד התחזר, אחתה ומודתה כלילן דא בדא בי"ה, קיטרין רחימין דמתחבקן, שיטה נפקין מענפה דשרשה דגופה, לישן ממלל רב רבן, לישן דא סתים בין יוד והי דכתיב, זה ויאמר אדוני אני, וזה יקרא בשם יעקב, וזה יכתוב ידו אדוני, ובשם ישראל יכנה ממש. 
זה יומר לאדוני אני אחתה וכל האתמר בי"ו כל הכלילן בלישן סתים לאמא דהאתפתחת לדנפיק מינה אבא יטיב ברשע אמא באמצעיתה ומתכסיה מכאן ומכאן ואי למען דגלי ערי תהון ויאמר אלוהים יהי מאורות ברקיע השמיים שליט דחר בנוקבה דכתיב וצדיק יסוד עולם נהיר יוד ביטחן ונהיר ומבר לנוקבה The living beings darting back and forth, Ezekiel 1.14, as is written, God saw the light that it was good. Say of the righteous one that he is good, Isaiah 3.10. This one goes up on the scale, the first one on its own, and all reverts to one. Sister and relative merge with one another in yud Hey, like two lovers embracing. Six emerge from the branch of the root of the body, a tongue speaking grandly. This tongue is concealed between Yud and He, as is written. This one will say, I belong to Yud Hevavhe. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Yet another will write on his hand, belonging to Yud Hevavhe, and adopt the name of Israel, Isaiah 44.5. Really, this one will say, I belong to Yud Hevavhe, sister, and all is uttered in Yud Hevav. All are included in the concealed tongue for mother, For she opens herself to he who issues from her. Father sits at the head, mother in the middle, covered from here and there. Woe to one who exposes their nakedness. God said, let there be lights in the dome of heaven, male ruling female. As is written, the righteous one is the foundation of the world. Yud illumines too, illumining and impregnating the female. Footnote number 17 the living beings. The divine energy oscillates, perhaps between Keter and Shekhinah, or between Chesed and Yesod, or between Chochmah and Binah. The primordial light of Chesed, described in Genesis as good, reaches Yesod, who is known as righteous one, and also good, since he conveys all the goodness of emanation. This one goes up on the scale, may mean that Yesod is weighed or determined on the cosmic scale, whereas an earlier entity, Chesed, or perhaps Keter, exists on its own in a more primal state. Footnote number 18, six emerge from the branch, from the union of Yud and Hay, namely Chochman, Binah, emerge the six Sfirot from Chesed through Yesod, symbolized by the letter Vav, whose numerical value is six. The tongue, speaking grandly, probably symbolizes the hidden Sfirah of Da'at, which unites Chochman, Binah, and lies concealed between them. Its speech emanates the lower six Sfirot. The three expressions of allegiance in the verse from Isaiah apply respectively to Chochmah, Binah, and Da'at. This last sphera manifests itself through Tiferet, whose full name is Tiferet Yisrael, beauty of Israel, referred to here as the name of Israel, really. The designation sister alludes to Chochmah. 
Footnote 19, all are included in the concealed tongue. The entire potentiality of emanation is included in Da'at and intended for Bina, the Divine Mother. She opens herself not only to her partner Chochmah, with whom she unites via Da'at, but also to Tiferet, the son who issues from her. So she is covered or protected by Father Chochmah above and by Tiferet below. No one should dare separate Chochmah from Bina, exposing their nakedness and interrupting the Divine flow. The biblical idiom legalot erva, to expose nakedness or genitals, means to initiate forbidden sexual relations. Here, conversely, the idiom apparently refers to disrupting the union of the divine couple, thereby exposing their nakedness. Footnote number 20, let there be lights. The two lights symbolize Tiferet and Shekhinah, the former dominating the latter. The male unites with the female through Yesod, foundation, the divine phallus, also known as Righteous One. From a higher perspective, though, it is Chochmah, symbolized by the letter Yud, who, is, who illumines both Tiferet and Shekhinah, impregnating the latter. That's it for today's reading. Take care.